Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am really excited because I am speaking with the CEO of Elios, Mr. Josh Cross. Josh is the creator of the just launched today crossover lock over on Kickstarter, a proud father of four kids and a husband of over 20 years to his beautiful wife, Joanna. Josh, super excited to talk about the cross lock and have you today on Art of the Kickstart. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I'm really excited because one, it's pretty rare that we get to talk to a founder on launch day. So I got to start with, how are you feeling today? A little nervous, extremely tired. You know, we've been preparing for months and, you know, all we can do is is partner with the right people like we have with you and, you know, just let it go. So today on, on, on launch day, we've done everything right. Now it's time to just keep moving forward and hope that the, the crowds, you know, support our project. Absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing backers come in every minute, thousands of dollars raised already. So we're in a good spot. We'll take a breath. But first for the audience, let's dive in on the product. What's the elevator pitch for the crossover lock? So the crossover lock is a smart uh, lock. We have three different types. We have a bike lock, a luggage lock, and a utility lock. So it's... Uh, a lock that if it gets bumped, cut, moved, it sends alert, real-time alert notifications to the user. It also has a, a remote unlock, so you can be anywhere in the world and unlock the device for anybody who's trying to access whatever it is that's locked. Uh, it's innovative. You can do this globally. There's nothing on the market like it. And um, we've been in development for about three years uh, building this amazing product. We're really excited and happy to launch it through Kickstarter. Amazing. So... With the problem itself, I'm assuming you were trying to solve this massive problem of obviously theft for one thing, but I, I really like the idea of the multi-use in terms of tracking and things like that, right? Like putting a tile tracker in your luggage to kind of see where it is or see if it gets lost. What led you down this path to solve this particular problem? Well, there's actually a number of problems. I, I um, we, we build, Elios builds a lot of products in the travel industry so just the statistics and the outrageous amount of luggage that get locked or, or lost, as well as items being stolen after they get checked into the TSA checkpoint. Uh, it's just astounding. And, and being a victim of, of that myself, it's just astounding how much money and, and, and personal belongings are lost. But there's even a greater, I think, um, purpose behind this with the utility lock. We built it specifically so it fits around guns. and. Um, there are a lot of use cases of, of people taking guns or moving firearms without the owners knowing about it. And rather than waiting for you know two or three weeks to find their firearm missing, this will let them know instantly if it's moved. 
heaven forbid anything were to happen if firearms move and, and we know what could happen, right? And that's really the bigger, deeper cause behind building a lock is to help uh, with uh, personal safety. Uh, so so it's tragic, but that that's really the, the crux of what we're trying to, to prevent. So was this product originally maybe built for more of the, you know, the DOD and the military folks with guns less than potentially the folks that were traveling and losing luggage? Because I was a victim of lost luggage last year on a trip to Greenland. Never found my bag, couldn't do it, couldn't even track it down. So really interested to know, again, what was that first, you know, kind of customer and avatar that you were looking at and kind of where it's ended up now? Yeah, so that's exactly right. We took a leap because we are in the travel space. We took a leap with military uh, use cases. We build, Elios builds products for the Department of Defense and, and the U.S. Air Force. And we have a lot of products being used in this enterprise market. They came to us, approached us because of our patents and our technology and what we've been able to design for them and uh, wanted something to secure their firearms in ways that not only protects it, but gives them information if it's moving. Um, Massive use case. This is kind of the genesis of how we got from travel and jumped into the other use cases. Amazing. So how'd you come up with the name outside of it being half of your last name? I hope, is that it? So the honest truth, so <laughs> I I get on our local news network and I'm always looking for Sprinter vans. And in, in doing that, because I, I just love Sprinter vans, I just purchased, purchased a Sprinter van not too long ago. And when I'm looking for Sprinter vans, they have, do you want to search by van, truck, crossover, mm-hmm. you know, type of car or, or whatever. And I kept seeing that name and I kept seeing crossover and crossover and crossover. And it just thought, I thought, you know, this is kind of a cool name. It's not really a padlock. It's not really a smart tracker. It's kind of a cross between the two. And then, you know, just by serendipitous, you know, events in life, my name happened to be cross. So it it just fit. It worked. I ran it through a few people and they thought, yeah, that makes sense. A crossover lock. So website was available and it all just worked out. Beautiful. Now, I know you had mentioned earlier that this product has been in the making for over three years now. Talk a little bit about some of the the struggles, right? Because I know it's not easy to come up with a product, let alone something with hardware, with technical, and with an app itself. So what was that process in terms of taking it from, you know, the napkin sketch of an idea to prototyping to building all of these things that you have now in this amazing piece of technology? Yeah. So really it was having a defined plan and sticking to that plan and knowing what steps you have to accomplish from point A to point Z. And, and sometimes you have to go from point A to point B to C and then back to A and iterate. And we, we started down this road building specifically for the travel industry. And we had big incumbents in the space who were partners with us. We were building enterprise uh, locks for them. And then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, that business was just decimated. The travel industry took a really big hit. And our partnerships uh, backed backed away and said, we can't do this right now. We're in survival mode. So as a company, we had to assess, okay, where are we at? We are down development with engineers. We've gone down this path. We've built a software. We've done electrical design. We have a product prototype, but now we don't have a market. Our market just disappeared overnight. And that was a big hit on our company. And we had to uh, just really reassess how to move forward. So we pivoted a little bit and 
used our technology, our software, which was already built, and just uh, patched in other firmware that was already built on the market. Our, our third-party trackers on the market, like car trackers, uh, little uh, tile trackers, that kind of stuff. So we were able to sell and generate revenue, but um, we weren't able to finish this product for the enterprise use cases. So in the meantime, as we were generating revenue, we continued to uh, iterate with the hardware and really look at, okay, if this market, if a market were to disappear, how can we expand our footprint and not be solely dependent on one, uh, one industry? And that's why we, we branched out and came, uh, came up with not just a luggage lock, but a bike lock and a utility lock. And I'm so glad we did because the military obviously said, we see the value, we want this, and um, you're already down this path, so let's continue with you. So it's been tough. It really has been tough. But now that travel's back, we, we just got back yesterday from the, um, interna- the International Houseware Show and the Travel Goods Show. And um, we, we showed the lock, we debuted it, and it was a big hit. It was, it was awesome. So I think going back to these incumbents and partnering back with them for the travel lock specifically, it's going to be great. But it's also opened our, um, our opportunity with so many different industries. And I'm glad we stuck with it. But it was hard. It was tough. And there was a lot of sleepless nights. And goodness, we, we, we're, <laughs> we're going to get through it, I think, in a really in a strong way, even better now than, than what we set off three years to do. So three years ago to do. That's great. Well, hopefully tonight isn't as sleepless as the, the previous nights have been with the launch out there. Project's getting great success so far. In speaking about opening up opportunities, I want to talk a little bit about the crowdfunding side and kind of what led you down that path to launch this product with. Yeah. So we've always been familiar with crowdfunding. It's, it's a little nerve wracking because backers, supporters on crowdfunding, they're loyal and um, they, they're amazing. They have a voice and they, they should have a say in the product, the project, because they are helping you uh, build this and, and make it a reality. And we want that feedback because this is such a, an important product, not only for you know, people who travel, but life-saving uh, opportunities, use cases that we want to hear from them. So it was kind of a, uh, a natural path to go to crowdfunding because we need this to be the best product on the market so that it can, it, it can help um, not only prevent theft and, and you know, lost luggage and other things, but also help with life-saving measures uh, with the utility lock and, and, and gun lock. So we want to hear from people. We want, we want their feedback. We want uh, them to help us understand the weak points. We want our supporters to refine it, to, to build the lock that we uh, set out to build. I love that fact. And I don't think there's enough founders out there that are looking at crowdfunding really being as open and vulnerable as companies should be to be having a conversation with their customer, understanding their pain points and how they're going to use the product. Because many times their use case of the product is completely different than the main use cases that you're launching the innovation with. And it's so nice to be able to have that conversation with them and learn and iterate and maybe make version 2.0 a little bit more friendly to that community because again it may open up a whole new door um, when you unlock that lock right yeah totally it's a valuable place but i think founders could get lost in what could be the noise right if it comes comes back as criticism it's easy to hide but um 
it's not the right thing to do. We need to listen to the community and we need to move forward to make the product better. And that's why ultimately we went with uh, the crowdfunding path. So in doing all of this work before your campaign is launched and with today being the big launch, what are some of the bigger takeaways that you've learned through the process of getting your project launched successfully on Kickstarter? That's a good question because I, I think it's a little subjective. What does success look like? Um, right. we, I think people look at the number of uh, backers you have, the amount, m- amount of money that you raise is a success. And those are definitely success um, milestones, metrics. But our, our point of success is I, we, we can build this product and, and, and that, that would be fine. But our measure of success is how do we make this a better product? And hearing from the community will help us do that. So definitely the, the other two um, metrics are measures of success, but we, we want to hear from the, 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 the community and um, that will help us uh, create a better product. And that will ultimately be the measure of success that we look at. So I know today was the launch day, but any big surprises so far? Yeah. So it's a personal surprise. My, my wife she hasn't sent me a message or text or a call once saying, how's things go? How are things going? So normally she's usually on pins and needles, but I think her and I, we, we, because it's not about the money, it's not about, you know, it's about doing the right thing. So that's the one surprise is I just haven't heard from her other than to say, I forgot my lunch. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I really enjoyed the campaign video, and I know you've got you know a, a pure passion around the documentary side. So, what was it like creating a Kickstarter video, and how is that different from kind of the, the videos that you're typically making? Yeah, that, that's my passion. I, I in the company, yeah, I oversee a team of engineers. I travel to Asia. I do the things that I need to do as a CEO. But really, if there's a place that I overstep, that's with the video department. Because that's my background. I, I have spent nearly, well, just over two decades um, in my previous career in software and, and filmmaking, um, making videos and marketing. So um, me and the team got together and it was kind of my vision. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to create. And it was fun. You know, it really was fun. It wasn't about, are we getting the right angle? It, it was just a fun uh, departure from the, the day-to-day running of a business. And I want to do more of that. I really do. I love it. It's so, it's just, it's how I unwind. Well, how do you think other entrepreneurs should be able to follow their passions? You have to have a balance, right? If you don't, you're going to burn yourself out. So for every entrepreneur, what, whatever your passion is, you know, it could be gaming, it could be skiing, it could be whatever, find a balance so you can free your mind and um, allow, uh, allow you to focus that much more on the business and growing the things that you want to do um, to help people. Amazing. Well, Josh, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you. You good to go? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm not good at this, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> no worries, man. I'll, I'll be easy on you. So if you would, what, uh, what led you down the path and inspired you to be an entrepreneur? It was out of necessity. I, I, I was a filmmaker. I created a battery tracking solution. I was shooting a documentary in India and I was looking for a solution to help further my film, uh, uh, my, put in my gear bag and there was nothing. So uh, I told a friend about what my idea was and he said, here's a load of cash. I've got a few other people who want to help. 
And uh, the only thing is, is you need to get going on it now and file file your patents. So it was it was sort of inspiration, but it was also pushed uh, motivation, right? Inspiration via perspiration, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was about eight years ago. Amazing. So I've got to ask if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a cup of coffee with? I have to look back to the like past two decades, you know, if, if, I don't know, if I had a little more time to think about it, I, I would come up with somebody else, but I have to say, say Steve Jobs. Okay. Um, he, he, there, there's, there's a lot that we still don't know. And I think the lot that we give him credit to, and, and I, I would like some like honest answers, right? Because he, yeah, he's a genius. He, he did a lot of good things, but I also think that he, um, there was a lot of other people that, that were part of his success. So he'd be one. I'd have to say Nikola Tesla would be another amazing person that I would like to just sit down and talk with. All right. So if you had Steve and you got to ask him one question, what would be the first question you wanted answered? Oh, for Steve, <laughs> I think I know. But would it be uh, Bob Dylan or the Beatles? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but I Most think I know. Yeah. Yeah. Most folks definitely ask him, you know, more of the, uh, you know, how did you innovate or how, how did you come up with these ideas and things like that? But uh, yeah, you were the first I, one to go down the musical route, so I can appreciate that, sir. Yeah, I, I, I would like to know his, you know, anyways, yeah, he would be great to talk to. Nice. Any, uh, any book recommendations for our entrepreneurial and startup listeners? Yeah, there's two books that I think would be um, key. One would be Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. Yep. Um, I think that's a, a simple, simple read. It helps get on the path right away and make decisions. Uh, the other would be Good to Great by Jim Collins. Definitely. Solid recommendations there. What advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their new product? Again, two things. <laughs> Don't be afraid to fail. Fail, fail quickly and get back up. And then the second thing is find a group of mentors, find people to surround yourself with that can give you honest feedback so that if you do fail, or if you're going down a path that could lead towards failure, they can steer, steer the ship back on course. Awesome advice. Thank you, sir. Last question in the launch round. You're doing great. And I know you just launched the campaign today, but very interested to hear your take nonetheless on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Future of crowdfunding. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of really cool things happening with crowdfunding. And I think it needs to be more uh, widely accepted and not this taboo of, not taboo, but um, only people who are looking for early adoption to be a part of. It, it should be a mainstream form of uh, commerce, I believe. That rather than waiting like for your your order to, to arrive through a prime, you know, within a day or two, looking at things a little long term, but also um, expecting that this is this is how innovation happens, and it has to happen with I think a wider adoption through the mainstream. So I think it's here. I think the the two plat main platforms that are that are, are currently doing it are are going to be here for a while. I don't know if. Uh, cryptocurrency is going to be a part of it, but I don't know. I think the future of it, terrible answer, but I think it's here for, here for the long haul. <laughs> That's my hope too, Josh.
Well, listen, this has been amazing. This is your final opportunity to give our audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out the Crossover Lock. Yeah, so the Crossover Lock is it's just a really great innovative tool um, that will help you just have peace of mind. Locks, statistically, lock, the use of locks will help prevent theft over 300% of the time. Those locks or anything with alarm will prevent theft more than 80% of the time. So we all use locks. We use them for different use cases, your bike, your shed, your luggage, whatever it may be. And this is a way to um, just be on the cutting edge of understanding what's happening with your gear. There's nothing on the market like it. It's revolutionary. And please go to Kickstarter. Give us your feedback. You know, first and foremost, give us your feedback. And if you think there's value to the project, support it. We would love to have you as a backer and part of the community. Amazing. Well, Josh, I know you had also mentioned that you've got a great partnership with a bag company. So if you've listened to this episode all the way through, awesome. Thank you so much for supporting us and Josh and the campaign. We're going to be doing a giveaway with backpacks. So make sure you leave us a comment or shoot us a message or leave us a review on iTunes when this episode comes out so you can be entered into it. And again, obviously, thanks for shouting out. Thanks for coming, tuning in. Visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript links to the campaign and everything we talked about today. And of course, big shout out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Type, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.